it's a joy for me to have in here uh, six young people. That means younger than me and younger than most people who are documentary filmmakers. They're all the students soon to graduate from Loyola University. I'm going to have you introduce yourselves one at a time as we go around this thing. We were all putting on, I wish this was on TV because we were all trying to put on headphones. I go, you don't need those. You don't need these. Young man, who are you and what did you do? Uh, my name is Keegan Hines, and I was one of the producers and the art director for No Permit Necessary. Young lady. I'm Christina Hoffman, and I did a lot of the research. I'm Marina Hart Donahue. I was a producer and a production coordinator. My name is Lexi Garrett. I was an editor and a producer. My name is Duncan Hogue, and I was the director of photography on No Permit Necessary. And my name is Taylor Evans Goshal, and I was a producer, production coordinator, and script supervisor. I'm in this movie, right? I'm in this movie. (laughs) This movie is, uh, and I will tell you now, I have seen it, and I hope... Can you give people a place to see this movie now? Okay, we'll do that later. We'll keep them on. We'll keep them listening. Uh, It is a documentary about uh, Washington Square Park, which is more informally known as Bug House Square, which is between... Dearborn and Clark, right in front of uh, the Newberry Library on Walton Street, is usually filled with like a thousand dogs, but it is deeply relevant historically. What's, and any one of you, do me a big favor, when when you start to talk, just say, hi, this is so-and-so, so I can keep all of this straight. Uh, how'd this start? Who planted the seed of this? Um, hi, I'm Marina, and uh, I kind of planted the seed, I guess, but really it was uh, noticed how incredibly talented the classmates were, and I was like, oh my God, we need to do something. And we hadn't really had an opportunity to do like a full group project, so we decided to meet and come up with some ideas for pieces. This is in the Loyola School of Communication, of which you are all enrolled, three of you graduating shortly. Which ones? Uh, I am. This is Taylor. This is Duncan. I'm graduating on May 11th. This is Lexi. I'm also graduating. And you, you guys have to see, what, do you get another year? Yeah. Correct. So you pitch the idea. The idea comes up. Had any of you, any of you, ever heard of Bughouse Square and or Studs Terkel, who is basically the symbol of Bughouse Square? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So this is this is Lexi. So um, actually, Marina had pitched the idea that we do a documentary together. And um, as soon as we got back to school last semester, my roommate, she's a big advocate for libraries. We went to a one of the programs that the Newberry put on, and I learned about Bug House Square, and I fell in love with it. And I brought up the idea to everyone here and. They maybe had heard about it, but didn't know how rich the history was. And so after looking into it, we decided that's how we're going to, that's that's the documentary we're going to make. So that's how that came about. Can I ask how many of you are from Chicago? Any? I'm sorry. Christina, I am. Uh, hi, this is Keegan. I'm um, 
uh, sort of from Chicago. I did my undergrad <laughs> at I like Loyola. That. I don't I don't claim Bloomington Normal as my hometown anymore. Um, no, nobody does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I was also really interested in um, doing a piece about Bug House because in undergrad, um, you know, that's where me and my buddies would go to skip class and hang out um, in the park. <laughs> and so when Lexi was like, "Oh yeah, it's this like cultural historical sort of like." Landmark. I and was you like, go, no, it's not. It's a place to hang out. Yeah, yeah. Let's not make more of this than it is. What's wrong um, with you? And so I was pretty intrigued because um, I had a personal connection to it. Yeah, so um, I I mean, I got into it because I wanted to uh, get better at behind the camera. But I had always, growing up in Virginia, I was really lucky to live by a number of parks. And I really enjoyed just being able to be close to that. And so I kind of felt indebted to the idea of a park as a really important uh area in a city uh that is like you can hang out there pretty much however long you want and it's and it's free and uh with the stud circle thing i had read division street america uh, good for you moving to chicago and yeah. i really really liked it um it's a book where he just goes around to chicago and just talks to this huge cross-section <laughs> yeah. of people you know like normally you know like he does and, yeah and so when we started doing it and i think it was the people either at the newberry or the washington park advisory council who told us that studs I had been involved in the debates and had grown up nearby, and I was really, I advocated that we should have a section of the documentary devoted to him. This is wonderful. How long, from that planting of the seed to the finished documentary, because there, you know, what I was impressed by uh, was the amount of work, and you can tell the amount of work that you people put into making this thing. Uh, How long? Uh, this is Marina. Um, so from the initial meeting about Bug House Square, which was in probably August or so, uh, we didn't wrap post-production until March of this year. Wow. So it was a, a, a hefty, I mean, in between classes and our lives and our jobs, we would film, interview, and then uh, edit the piece. Yeah, now that you have formed this film company with three of you still, in, all of you still in school, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to see what it's like when you have total kind of freedom. What did you all come and did you ever go visit the park on uh, Moss? All six of you going there one day and just walking around. Uh, this is Taylor. So we had the opportunity when we were interested in starting this project about Washington Square Park. We met with the Washington Square Park Advisory Council and um, the Newberry Library. So we had an opportunity to go to the park together in the summer and walk around and see it uh, probably in its full glory in, this, in the summer. It's beautiful. Well, it is. I mean, it is the oldest park in the city of Chicago. Is that correct? I've written that before because I've been writing about this. I've been writing about Bughouse Square before you guys were born. Uh, we're going to take a break now, and we'll be back. You, you nice, lovely six people, three about to graduate and three about to stay in school for another year. Uh, we'll be back, and they'll be here all the way to 630. No permit necessary. An oral history of Bughouse Square is one of the most polished and compelling documentaries I've seen this side of Ken Burns. It is made by the six young people who are sitting in this studio. And thank you, Crystal Flores, for arranging this. I haven't had six people. You know, I've had a band, but, you know, half the guys were high and didn't, <laughs> didn't talk and we didn't care. Uh, uh, six very nice people, three of whom are graduating. Uh, they made this documentary over uh, 
a number of months. When you decided, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to do this, what was your end game? I mean, what did you think of? What did you want to? It's one thing to do something for a school project, but this thing, the ambitions and the result are much higher than that. Any of yeah, this is Duncan. To be honest, I don't. I mean, I, I feel like we kind of didn't quite know the scale of what we were getting into. Like mm-hmm. we knew going in that there was a lot of history, but like the sheer amount and all the different sides of it. From uh, for like like Paul Derricka brings up how uh, people stayed there uh, after losing their homes in the Great Chicago Fire, and then all the way to uh, the first ever gay pride parade that Gary Chichester brings up when we interviewed him. We just didn't realize, like, just everything that had happened in this park. And and, and, not, and finally, of course, the reputation that had built up as a, as a free speech. Did, you, did you at any time, given that, did you at any time start to, not collectively, but maybe individually, start to feel a little overwhelmed? Yes, this is Lexi. I definitely think that we all at a certain point were like, there's so much history here. And we had heard it from so many different people we interviewed about how they're like, good luck. Like every person we talked to was like, good luck. Um, So at a certain point, we did start to feel that way. And then we got our last interview by Paul. And it kind of just he narrated it so beautifully that we were like, actually, we do have a story and we will be able to do justice for this park. Yeah, this is Keegan. And to Lexi's point, like, I think Paul's um, interview really helped it tie everything together. Um, And there's a phrase in filmmaking called kill your darlings. Um, And so we certainly had to do a lot of uh, killing of our darlings, (laughs) meaning we had to, like, let go of certain pieces or storylines or facts um, that we really wanted to include or take a deeper dive into. Um, But I think that at the end of the day, that was all proved to be um, worth it. The documentary is how long? This is Taylor. It's about 14 minutes long with credits. Now, I know you have ambitions in the second half of the show to, to, to become you know, documentary makers who make money. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice for everybody. Are there any thoughts? I, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful, and we're going to give you people out there the links to watch the thing. Uh, is there any thoughts to expand it? To a half hour, you know, I know it. It's viable now for for many sorts of film festivals. There's no question about it. But it might be more viable longer. You think of that or no? Uh, this is Taylor again. So we hadn't thought about expanding it, um, but it's definitely something to consider. We've all really enjoyed working together, and we feel like we each bring something great to the table. So we would definitely continue working together and considering that for sure. This is Keegan. Yeah, like. Um how I describe the film to my coworkers and my uh, family members is like if walls could talk, but about a park. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think that it. I think taking each part of Bughouse's history and and taking a deeper dive into it would totally be something. Maybe one day we would be interested in doing. Who are your coworkers? What, what do you do? Um, I work in uh, advertising at the trade desk. Okay. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do something. Uh, what are this, I want to ask you all because you brought up this thing that you all have different strengths. 
what if we can go down that same old road again uh keegan what what is your principal because you are a team now you are a an organization you are started a business uh called uh uh it's a cool name i'm trying to find it here tell me what it is house (laughs) of house of bug productions uh you started a company so what what it, just in in with all humility yeah. tell me your strengths <laughs> um yeah this is keegan i i think or rather i know uh, um my strengths are um in art direction uh i'm a designer and so um kind of like branding a piece artistically is something that um i'm pretty good at and then also producing finding a story um i think something i've always sort of maybe known but that this piece in particular really ingrained in me is that there's always a story somewhere you just have to be willing to listen to it um and so i think that this piece was able to help me sort of sharpen that skill i'm christina i would say i'm pretty detail-oriented so that may be why i um, gravitated towards some of the research work uh but also interviewing skills i liked uh lexi and i talked to Paul Durica and um, that was a really great experience because yeah. well he was a great interview so no, no question there you go no question but um, yeah and then just <laughs> personally I love I love editing I love video editing it's it's I just it's so satisfying um, this marina uh, I learned this term this week in one of our classes called a predator it sounds really bad but it it's a, produ- <laughs> a producer editor uh, so basically uh, taking big picture and kind of putting it down into like specific elements that make it mm. work this is Lexi I would say that my favorite part and like I think biggest strength is like finding ideas and coming up with mm-hmm. the story I, I really love collaborating with everyone but I really love finding unique stories and I think that the way that we've worked together in House of Bug is that we all come with different things and um, just important so finding the story is my favorite and I think best part this is something unless you two are say you you know you'd like to deal drugs to the rest of the team. <laughs> so far, this sounds like an amazing team. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is Duncan. Um, I, as director of photography, I think my strength was just trying to do my best to uh, get really good, really great shots that are like that would show like the detail, so certain details mm-hmm. of the park, um, like the trees or the benches that would illuminate like what the larger park looks like. So that we have like drone shots from like really high up, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, then yeah. we also have like shots that are a lot closer that are more ground level, and I think in that way you get a really good visual picture of the park, even for folks who've never been there. Uh, this is Taylor. So I used my background in journalism really to help with the script supervising and finding the story. We all were part of that, and we all made those decisions, but. I really like finding that common thread and making it a puzzle of fitting where does Gary go into this narrative that Paul is uh, speaking? Where does Rick go into this narrative? So I helped with that script supervision and also some coordination, um, kind of using some type A skills to help help with the production schedule and things like that. Were there no incredible blow-ups between any of you? You seem to be such a... You seem like a... I'm kind of, you know, family uh, out of some, you know, creative uh, nirvana. Uh, no fights? This is Keegan. I think anytime you're working in a group, there's always going to be, of like, course. tension. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, that, ha- sure, that happens. But um, being that we're all adults, I, th- I think it's 
um, says something that we're not undergraduates. <laughs> I think like um, during my undergraduate time, there's no way I could have done this. <laughs> um, is that, and, is like, that true through. of all of you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think like that um just our our age helped us work through those yeah, moments and yeah. then also like um earlier on like when there were was tension kind of like letting trusting your teammates that they're like picking the right story points or you know like i guess just kind of like being humble like so i really wanted to um expand upon the gay pride aspect of the story sure. um sure. interviewing gary and like all of that was was really uh well that um, part of it too is 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 so seminal to right to the history of that park it's all well and good to know that some idiot was arguing you know that there is no god in 1937 <laughs> uh but the fact that that its importance in the gay gay pride movement uh, in chicago is in, in, in crucial what was that importance i know it but tell the listeners anybody as a gay man this is keegan as a gay man i think like that was just um it was really i like i cried when we interviewed gary and he like brought his flags and like um was like showing kind of all the memorabilia i guess you could say from that day and so to just know that that happened and um also that it was like equal parts um peaceful in the sense that like no there there was no pushback but also like still disruptive i think an issue with pride today specifically in chicago is is that it's not as disruptive as it should be and that was a point that gary made as well like they they went out on michigan avenue on a saturday afternoon and stopped (laughs) traffic you know like it wasn't a parade it was a march and so just like being able to hear that story because a lot of gay men and and queer people from that generation are either dead or dying very soon yeah and um as a documentarian like when i began this program two years ago like that's always been one of my own personal sort of goals is to document these stories that are leaving us before they leave us so to be able to do that with this piece was really meaningful yeah i i I, uh gary is something gary's also a good interview (laughs) he is also a very very good interview you're gonna stay here all the way till 6 30 if that's okay uh y'all got down here in ubers and whatever (laughs) you know i i walked uh but again i think you guys can be very very proud you're you've started this company uh uh house of bug productions you're still gonna have to find like real jobs when you graduate right <laughs> and there's no no one is fun bill gates has not sent you a check <laughs> to fund to fund the <laughs> bug productions i want to talk about how that came to be and when that exactly happened and we'll talk more about the uh about the movie where can people see the movie what's the site so it's on YouTube under No Permit Necessary, but oh, this is Taylor, by the way. And you can also visit our website, houseofbugproductions.com. And at the bottom, we also have a contact form. So if you'd like to share any feedback or we're also looking for our next project. So if you have anything to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. I'm looking at Jack Henrik, the producer, and uh, Krista Flores, who runs this whole operation. And I'm looking, and we're both sort of like, this center gives me faith. And this gives me faith, not in higher education, but just in the youth, in the youth of America. Uh, we will uh, be back after uh, some news and continue on this conversation. 
Welcome back. In no particular order, I am sitting here with Marina, Taylor, Lexi, Duncan, Christina, and Keegan talking about their fabulous uh, documentary. It's the first collective work of this sixum. It is called No Permit Necessary, an oral history of Bughouse Square. Bughouse Square being the oldest park in the city of Chicago, sitting directly across from the Newberry Library. Don't be afraid of the Newberry Library either. Anybody can walk in and use its library. Uh, it's an incredible repository. And it is really the front yard of that. They spent a lot of time making this documentary. I'm in it, but that is not the reason I like it as much as I do. <laughs> uh, it is a polished work, and it has inspired these six people to form a production company called... Uh, why do I have to look this up? House of Bug Productions. Maybe after you've made your third documentary, you'll change the name. Uh, just joking. Uh, the studs, in a way, studs Turkle, who is very, very tied to that uh, to that space, uh, is kind of an inspirational figure. Do you all wish? On some level, that you, don't you don't you all wish that you'd gotten to meet Studs? Even though it's an incredible voice, you're an amazing bunch of kids. You're an amazing bunch of kids. Uh, you were talking really Keegan, about the the effect of the and importance of the gay history of that place. I, I'm also taken with, and you, you you do it in the film, the free speech nature of that place. I mean, it kind of was, and I'd hate to keep to use this, it was kind of like Twitter before there was a Twitter, Facebook before there was a Facebook, much more compelling, I think, uh, perhaps even a bit nuttier. Did that strike any of you? Did you feel that way? Yeah, this is Keegan. Yeah. Um, that was actually something... Um, I talked earlier about having to kill your darlings, and that was uh, one of the darlings that I had to kill, um, was just making the point or illustrating the point that um, parks like these are so important, and this these stories like should be told because people don't have those conversations yeah. out loud and outside anymore. They have them online, and that's okay. Um, if anything, that... that hopefully in theory encourages like you know more conversation and more um sharing of knowledge but uh that was something i noticed almost immediately i don't think it does frankly but that's, that's <laughs> one man's opinion i mean that's why the fading of neighborhood taverns could be your next uh, your next your next documentary what did you and if we can go down that that now now proverbial kogan line of question <laughs> what did and we'll start with you keegan what is the one thing for each of you? I know it, I know it's multifaceted, but what's the one thing, the one main joy you've received from making this piece? Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, this is Keegan. Uh, I think the one main joy that I have received from making this piece... You repeated the question so you'd is, have time to think of the um, answer. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it's the ability to tell the stories but maybe more like the ability to sharpen my own skills and to just like participate sure. um i think that uh we love our program and we've had a wonderful time we've learned amazing skills but kind of to marina's point um we hadn't had a chance to collectively come together and like test those skills so i think i really appreciated being able to test those to test those skills um 
in a project or with a project that was so uh, contextually and historically rich. I, I agree. I think the the collaborative aspect because we really yeah, started from a place that was um, we were you know we weren't really weren't sure what the, what the direction of this thing was going to be. Sure. Um, sure. But I think it really did prove to be a truly collaborative experience, and just seeing the the joy from uh, like the um, uh, Washington Park Advisory Council. Yeah. Um, you know that it was just we had a screening. Yeah. And yep. um, it was really joyful to see their, their reaction. This is Marina. Yeah, I think finding the story as a group was something that was so satisfying because we, we went around so many different ideas of how to frame the park. Yep. And we ultimately came on the park is the main character. And so then kind of determining the story within that. And then, like Christina said, I think the big thing was seeing that these are people's lives, that the Washington Square Park Council dedicate their time and efforts into this. And to see their park on screen was really cool. This is Lexi. I think totally what everyone else said, I totally agree. And I also think that on top of collaborating with everyone, just creating House of Bug and creating something that we're proud of and together and like we have our own production company. Like that's so cool. That is something that I tell everyone I meet almost all the time because yes, it's mom, just so bad. I have no job, but I production <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. We have a website. Um but but that's my favorite part is that we actually get to walk away with something um and be yeah. so proud. Yeah, no question. This is Duncan. As director of photography on this film, I really enjoyed uh, a, the process of just getting out there with the camera and filming uh, something that I had never actually taken the time to, like, observe in the sense that you have to... the way that, Observing something the way you have to, to to get, like, good shots of it, which is the Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed doing that in the context of collaborating with other people because it's totally changes. Like, it adds a lot more dynamism to the uh, yep. process of shooting. Yep. Specifically, one thing that that I always stuck that that I kept in my mind that Marina brought up a minute ago was the idea of the park as a character and treating it with kind of like almost like the empathy kind of that you would treat uh, another person and like just seeing the results of that visually was was it really invigorated the project for me. Visually. Now you, Taylor. Uh, this is Taylor. So since I'm last, I get to say all of the above. But <laughs> also, I'm going to add all of the connections I made, the connections with my cohort, and we got to know each other better. Uh, connections with you, Rick, and Paul, and Gary, and meeting all of these people, and learning more about my adopted hometown. I feel really lucky that mm. now I kind of just, like I said, have these connections everywhere. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we have to take a break. We'll come back and we'll give you all the information you need, ladies and gentlemen, to see this film and to hire this production company to make, uh, you know, you start with like, okay, your grandfather's birthday and then move on and make money. We'll be back. Is the website, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is it houseofbug.com? It's, this is Taylor. It's houseofbugproductions.com. Well, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> houseofbugproductions.com. And you can see you can see the documentary in its entirety at YouTube by just searching for no permit necessary. How, how many times have you screened this uh, movie for uh, the public or even private groups? This is Lexi. We've done two screenings. Um, we had one at Loyola um, in the middle of, was it March? And then the Washington Square Park Advisory Council invited us to come to the Newberry, and we did a screening, and it actually was like the most packed meeting they've ever had. And is so that, that was, right? Yeah. It was super cool. 
is this did you do this for forgive my lack of knowledge about higher education did you do this as a school project this is christina no um that was the the beauty of it um we i think marina or lexi had said earlier that um there hadn't been a full group cohort project and so this was uh something the marina invited everyone to do and um a few of us ended up going the distance and um yeah it was it was fantastic so this was snuck in between jobs and school and other classes and final projects so this is the definition of a project with of passion yes yeah yeah what do you now you you were talked to one of you mentioned uh, a, perhaps a film festival future how viable is a, a 14 16 20 minute movie for film festivals uh this is marina um so we're just kind of starting in the chicago film festivals mm-hmm. um and there's actually a lot in the like short documentary range oh wow and uh we're focusing on you know documentary shorts and then student films um and I think, too, there's a couple festivals that are featured in parks. So we like to kind of do something where it's kind of history or park-centric, since we can, like, you know, attest to that. Are you three who are still in school going to be insanely jealous of these three when they graduate and leave school? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... I mean, I, I'm pretty optimistic about, about leaving school, you know, and getting the degree. Um, what about a job? Know. I mean, do, do you yeah. three who are leaving, do you, have, do you have jobs set up? or? Me personally, not now. Not, not currently, but I'm going to be looking. So, um, yeah. So That'll make your folks happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this is Lexi. I currently don't have a job lined up yet. I'm going back to Texas for a little bit to be in the warm, I guess, to, in the sun. To try to straighten out that state. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're sending the, the the troops in. It's me, um, but I'm going to do that for a minute and then look for production jobs and hopefully come back to Chicago because I've just really fallen in love with the city. You you all are. I I'm assuming and not incorrectly that you're all really sort of taken with this town, huh? Yeah, I'm staying. Uh, I'm going to do everything in my power definitely to stay here and get a job here. I've like gotten to know a lot of people here. Um, the relationships that I've formed in and outside of school are just we're just wholly uh, unexpected but also just a great great surprise and i yeah you're right I've, I've taken to the town really well so I, I suppose that that it was a surprise for all of you i mean you make a choice and you visit a bunch of schools and you don't know what the hell you know it's going to be like to go there yeah. uh and you're all taken with Loyola too yes yeah yeah uh, this is Marina. Yeah, so uh, there's not a lot of graduate programs that focus on storytelling mm. and like nonfiction storytelling. So the digital media and storytelling program, I know at least for me, I was like, that sounds like it's kind of all encompassing. You can ca- have so many different careers with that. Yeah, this is Keegan. Um, I did my undergraduate uh, degree, got my undergraduate degree from Loyola in 2015. And advertising and public relations, which I think was the first or second year that this digital media and storytelling program existed. Hmm. Um, Upon graduating my undergraduate program, I didn't know inherently that I wanted to come back to Loyola. But from the second, this is so corny, but um, from the second I like set foot on campus when I first visited in 2010, I knew immediately that it's where I wanted to be and and where I belong. So. coming back here was then kind of just like a no-brainer for me for some 
reason, despite many efforts, <laughs> I never left Chicago, and so it kind of never left me. So I um, have a, a deep love and affinity for the town. I have the stars tattooed on me. So. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because the last guest was just on here talking about the man who had created the Chicago flag. Interesting. So this is like a total Chicago show. Is <laughs> uh, when you're noodling around, when you're sitting having drinks or whatever you guys do, uh, are you noodling around your next documentary venture at all? You know, not to not to spill beans, but what what is it going to be historical based? Uh, this is Taylor. So we haven't had an opportunity uh, with half of us finishing up and wrapping up our capstone project. Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to really go into the idea of our next documentary, but I think one theme we really all enjoy is these kind of hidden histories. What you, mm-hmm. you know, these places that like Bughouse Square where you walk by every day, but you may not know exactly how deep its history runs. So we're definitely going to plan something and hopefully for the summer start pulling some things together as we all have more free time to get our next production up and running. It, does it surprise you that, that people take their environment for granted most of the time? I mean, you could walk by, you know, you stop 20 people on Michigan Avenue and point to the Wrigley Building and say, what's this building? And they go, uh, white. <laughs> white, pretty, looks like a cake or something. I, it, yeah, you're on to something here in that whole, you know, it's not the, exactly the Ken Burns thing where you can dig in for eight eight episodes, but... But that hidden history kind of thing, I think, is very important because people, it's always, what's happening tomorrow, man? It's always like, what's the next big thing? What's the next cool restaurant? What's the next cool this? Instead of realizing that history is cool, <laughs> in, a, in a word, in a word. Yeah, uh, this is Duncan. The um, Yeah, the, the history, if there is like a general motif that we're going to try to go for going forward, uh, when we do more documentaries, uh, it's going to be the hit. It's going to be in a se- history, I think, because I think especially in big cities, it's like there there is like this forward rush, this forward momentum. Yep. And the buildings change, the way they use them change, the way we use spaces change, and this is happening simultaneously all the time. And you know, we forget that like all, all those changes end up being part of a larger story that totally informs and even determines our present our physical uh the physical makeup of the city and also our experience of it so documenting those stories would be uh, a huge privilege it'd be great so yeah and and i was gonna say um history is made every day so i think that that's the coolest part is that whether it's recent history or like you know way back when bug house was a thing um you know it's made every day which makes it so cool to look into i think um this is Keegan. My time studying abroad and during my undergraduate career in Rome sort of forced me to stop taking like everyday spaces for granted because in a city like that, you like know, Rome, yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's so. It's old. I, I remember being shocked because everything looked so it's dirty, old. and then I realized, oh, it's not dirty; it's just old. <laughs> um, and so I think, um, like that's part of the sort of like magic and kind of like what duncan was saying like importance of um this type of storytelling is it really forces people to stop and um to stop taking their spaces for granted like i used to smoke weed in bughouse square park you know because i just thought it was somewhere some little park um yeah 
yeah. and far enough away from campus. So um, learning that it was so much more than that was a really profound experience and something that I hope we can continue um, bringing to other spaces. Are you all over 21? Yes. Yeah. yes. Do you all, do you yes. all drink alcohol? I don't have any alcoholics in here, do I? <laughs> no. All right, I want to know, my last question for you guys is, what is your favorite Chicago Tavern? I can answer that. <laughs> well, good. Uh, this is Christina. It's Gino's North on Granville Street, uh, Granville Avenue. Sorry. Next. Uh, this is Marina. I uh, moved to Chicago for improv, so Old Town Ale House is my favorite. Oh my God, you poor thing! <laughs> I know. You poor thing. You've, I love the Old Town Ale House. That's a that's a stunning, wonderful place. Yes. This is Lexi. Um, I really love Streeter's Tavern. I live down there, and it's just so cute. Love it. Nothing wrong with that. So I was going to say Geno's North because me and Christine are neighbors up in Edgewater. <laughs> we live like, two blocks from each other, so we both like. So I like Geno's North. But when I was living up uh, close, close, like probably like a close second is Canines up in uh, Devon Avenue in Rogers Park. Also a good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Taylor. I'm with Lexi. I also like Streeter's Tavern. Got Streeter's. Yeah. I know the owner of Streeter's. She'll be very, very happy. She'll be very happy to hear that. It's sort of three out of the six so far. Um, this is Keegan. Um, this is like Sophie's choice, but um, <laughs> I think if I have to go like strictly by like it has to have tavern in the name or no, or, oh, no, okay, no, okay. I, I was going to say like Roscoe's Tavern in Boys Town oh, sure. was a favorite, but my favorite like bar in Chicago is Berlin. Good venerable club. Yes. Good venerable late night. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes license, you remember <laughs> late night license too. Once again, uh, thank you six for not just making the movie, but for coming and schlepping down here. And you're going to go to you know I'll be in Bughouse Square tomorrow. And some fine Tribune photographer will come and take your picture, and then I will write a story uh, using this as the basis for that. Uh, I think it would be nice for all six of you to be in the park at the same time, which has not happened, right? <laughs> and I wish you great success on the uh, documentary. You can go to, again, uh, YouTube. YouTube is very easy, and you just search for No Permit Necessary, and you'll see me and Gary and Paul and Studs and uh, all sorts of other things in there. Uh, great success to you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and keep me posted on the uh, uh, Bug Productions. Okay, what's the website again? It's HouseOfBugProductions.com. Isn't that easy, ladies and gentlemen? 